Dafiyud Gimo. We are starting about ten lines down. The Gemara says that he it's type of zavna There was a woman who was selling some sort of silk. Also, who gavar chater a person came, a man came, and he grabbed a ribbon away from her. Amalei, she said to him, Avinali, give it back to me. It's mine. Amalei, she said, Amalei, rather, he said back to her, Yavinali, if I give it to you, will you become a kudeshes to me? It's meaning he originally takes her silk. She says, give it back. And he says, if I give it back, will you become a kudeshes? She takes it and she was silent. So normally, when a man says, Ram kudeshes, he gives money to a woman and she's silent, so we assume that she's uh, agreeing to the Kedushin. But here, she had told him to give it back to her first before he had even brought up the Kedushin. So Amar she can say, in yes, I took it. What I took was mine. So I wasn't intending for any Kedushin. And this seems like such a good point that therefore the Shtika here means nothing. Normally, the man is clearly giving her something that is his out of the blue. And she's saying, and she's saying nothing, so we assume she's consenting. But here, where he took her thing, and she's asking rightfully that her thing be returned. So then, uh, when he says, Become a Kedushin, it means she's silent. The silence doesn't mean anything, and therefore the Kedushin is invalid. If a man was Makadash woman with something that he, that he got through robbery, extortion, or Geneva, Geneva is where he did it in, 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 in quiet, he, in stealth. He went and, and, and stole something. He grabbed the seller from her hand, who was Makadash with him, and So, what do we see? that stolen property is good. But in the last case, and this is the important point that we want, is where he stole it from her and he's makadash her, so it's still worse. And we're assuming that the case is that she was just that she was silent. And we see that the silence is good even though the thing was taken from her. So the Gemara says back, there was a case where they had already agreed to marry one another from before. So notice if they originally had proposed the idea to marry one another and she had been into the idea, so now when he gives her this thing, now we assume that there was, um, that she's accepting it. But the case of the ribbon, which we had, there was no previous commitment to marry, and therefore there was no reason to believe that she accepted the ribbon for the sake of Kedusha. says the forces us to see it this way. How do I know that the Bryce was only talking about where it's a case of Shidduch and there's a di- and this Taka difference if, there was, if they had previously agreed to marry or not? Tatani says in Bryce, Amalaf, the man owes money woman. He said to her, accept this Sela that I owe you. And then he told her, I want you to become a Kedushas to it. So what's the Allah? If he said at the time the money was given before she accepted it, so what's the halacha? Ratsa mikudeshes. If she consented, then she is married. Lo ratsa. If she didn't consent in mikudeshes, she's not married. Achamatamos. If he gave it, if he said it to her after he made the proposal, after the money was already given, afilu ratsa. Even if she consents, then in mikudeshes, she is not married. So in other words, once he gave it uh, as, as as payment of a debt, so you're not giving any new money for kedushin. It's already hers the moment she receives it. So even her consent at a later point is no good because he's not giving her anything new. But in the first case, in the first part of the rights are where it's at the time of the money, at the time of the giving of the money, when he says it before she accepts the money, so then it says that if she consents, she's Mikudashis. If she doesn't consent, then she's not married. So what does that mean? My Rasul Lower Rasul. What does it mean she consents or doesn't consent? Ilim Rasul Dhamar. And if you say she consents, means she said yes. Lower Rasul Dhamar Lower and not consenting means she said no. So it sounds like a she will have a condition. The implication is that she's silent. Then it, then it would be a good Kedushin. But this name is Estam. But then why do we have to mention anything about her consent? Let it just say Mikudash Estam, like every case. Kiyasum, like he did over there in the previous bride. So normally the case is, she's quiet and it's obvious that if she says no, she's not Mikudash So if that's the point that you're saying, even if she's silent, she'll be Mikudash just say, just don't say Davka Rutz, just say Mikudash And we'll understand that even if she's silent, it works. Ella, mom must be here. It's only 
It's only she only Budashus if she consented, meaning if she said yes. Lower also the Yishtika. And not consenting means even keeping silent, not making any response. In this case, will not work. Even though normally silence is, it shows us, is an indication she agrees. Here will not be. But Katani in Budashus is not just telling us that if she doesn't consent, meaning she accepts the money silently, she's not Mikudash. It's my time, it was the reason. Normally, silence is, yeah, good. It must be a Cholol Mimar. The woman could say, in Shakwati Shakwati, since you owe me the money, and you owe me money anyway, so when you came to pay me back, and now suddenly you tell me I want it for condition, I was silent because I had nothing to say. I was just accepting my own money. Why should I say anything to you? So we see from over there, we see from over there that 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 certainly when she's silent, she could say the silence is just in shock with these shock. So Nachum finishes his point. So then, what's going to be with the bride? What about the bride that said that when he stole the coin out of her hand and gives it back to her for kedushin, and she and she's silent, then she is mikudashes. Why is it good? Why can't she say I was only silent because I was taking back my thing? It must be like we said. The bride that said the kedushin is valid is only because the woman had previously agreed to a shedach. Then when the Money was stolen from her, and, she, and he gives it back for kedushin. Her silence, we assume, is l'shem kedushin. The first price saw the kedushin is no good. It's talking about a case where they had not previously agreed to marry. They hadn't previously agreed to marry, so then her silence on something that's rightfully hers, we, we can't assume it's l'shem kedushin. Okay, now the gemara continues in Achnas Ravasi after Ravasi. Uh, died. So we're gonna we're going to collect talk about many things that Ravasi said. The first thing is about kedushin, and then we're going to uh, move on to some other things here. So went up to the base message to gather all the different things that he said. Like they wanted, you know, something to collect all the things he had taught them. There was a certain Rav and Rav was his name. He said, A woman cannot become his Kadesh, she can't become married with less than a Pruta. So too, land cannot be acquired with less than a Pruta. Now, it's one of the ways that land is acquired with Kenyan Kasef, and we're saying that it has to be worth a Pruta. Tais is obviously very bothered with this, because it sounds like Kedushin is the obvious one, and we're deriving this to Karka as well. We learned in the beginning, that we actually, we know the way that we know that Kasef Kedushin is Pruta, is the whole the whole thing is that we learn it from 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 uh, the sale of land, Kicha Kicha Mizdeh so it sounds like a little bit backwards. But anyways, that's the halacha that we're saying that the, the Kenyan Kesef to affect the sale of land has to be worth a pruta. Amalei the Rabbanon said, Vatanya says in a bride, Afa bishain isha niknis b'basha b'pruta, even though a woman cannot be acquired less than a pruta. Karka niknis b'basha b'pruta. Karka could be acquired with less than a pruta. So we see it doesn't require a pruta. Amalei Rabbanon Yaakov said, Kitani giba chalipa. And that bride wasn't talking about when you're giving it b'tayra's Kenyan Kesef. When you're giving Mataris Kenyan Kesef as payment for the thing, then it does have to be worth a pruta. That price that said it works, last one of pruta is talking about that it was being given Mataris Chalipin. Chalipin is an exchange. And you're giving a Kli specifically, not currency necessarily, but a Kli to be an exchange. When you're using the method of Chalipin, Kenyan Chalipin, Kenyan Chalipin Kibichal, with a Kli, even though the Kli is not worth a pruta, but when you're using money, kasef, and it's being chav, then it can only work if it's a pruta. Says the Gemara, another halacha from Ravasi, this refuted said in the name of any judge who doesn't know the halachas of, of getting and, and, and kedushin well, he shouldn't deal with that. Amar Ravasi, Regarding this, they say, that these people, people who do judge cases, who don't know the halacha so well, they're worse to the world, worse than the generation of the flood. Shinemarites, it says in the Pasuk, the flood meaning by the times of Noah. Shinemarites, it says, 
Alova Chachrich Ratzok Lagenova Naofa Paratsu, people who swear falsely and kill and steal and adultery, and broken Midam and Midam Nago, and blood and blood have met to one another. So this is a Pasuk from Hosea. The Pasuk, the Navi is giving Musr for a bunch of sins here. And the idea is that the sins are so big that uh, the blood from the Pasuk is that blood from one victim mixes with the blood of the next one. So my Mashma, how do we see anything about bad judges? Being like the Dara Mabba. So the Gemara explains, the Kentagram of Yosef, it's like the way Rav Yosef translated, they have children from their friends' wives, which makes a sin upon a sin. It's like Parut, so it's like, it's like spreading, because the point is that not only are they being Bola Yishish, now they're Mamzerim. Because of this, 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 the, because of this sin, the land will be destroyed. All the people there will, will go away. With it as well, the beasts in the field and the birds of the sky. All the fish in the sea will, be, will go away. By the, by the generation of the flood, the, the, the fish were able to survive. Only on dry land died. But the sea and the fish in the sea did not. Even the fish in the sea, because they made Mavzerim. So we see that making Mavzerim is such a, a severe thing that, that is going to obliterate even the fish in the sea, which is worse than the Dharmaba. So who makes Mavzerim? In that case, people who slept with their friends' wives, but also someone who's, who's making a wedding or, or a get and they're not careful to do it, so they're, in a way they're making mamzer because the, 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 they're, they're going to pask in certain things that are wrong and will, there will be a proliferation of mamzer based upon the psaac. So we see it's worse than the generation of the flood. Maybe it's only if they do all the sins, right? It's not just making mamzer. Mamzer is one of them in the Pasuk. There are other things there. So maybe it's only bad that it's like the Dharma of all the sins are done there. So the Mara says, you shouldn't think that. So if it says in the Pasuk, it's because of the, the Allah, the swearing falsely, the land was destroyed. So we see that even one of the sins mentioned in the Pasuk of Noshe, swearing falsely, makes, makes everything get destroyed. So therefore we assume that all the other things in the Pasuk that are, that are mentioned individually also are grounds for punishment. Maybe it's wearing falsely, that alone is a sin that, that makes destruction, but the rest of them only collectively make destruction. So making mamzerim, which is only one sin by itself, you don't know, maybe it's wearing falsely, yes, but the other ones in the Pasuk only collectively when the, all the rest of them are done. It says the Gemara, does it say with a vav, and they did that, because if it says it without a vav. So we assume, therefore, it's each thing individually in the Pasuk is its own issue, and we assume that the destruction of the flood can come from any of them. So just making mamzerim, which is a problem of a judge who's possibly going to get in the Kedushin without really being knowledgeable, making mamzerim possibly, so we say that it's worse than the generation of the flood. Says the Gemara of the Yasuf Akamri, then the Rabbana were sitting and they were saying another Allah Havarvasi Hazid. Now, this that it says in a mission on Mishnah and Kinim. What happens if a woman gives birth to a child? So, she, so what happens is she has to bring a Chatas and an Ola. So if she brought a Chatas and now she died, whoever was Yarish, her property, so they have to bring an Ola from the property, meaning the Yarish in the property, and there was a Sheba, there's like there was a lien on the property, was owed to the base of Mikdash, that she owed the base of Mikdash an Ola. So now the Yarshim, they bring the Ola. From that estate, for our view, Dama Shmuel, who fishes in Mechaim, this is only true if she had already designated the animal for the Ola while she was still alive. If she hadn't designated the animal, she was still living, lo, she doesn't, the Yarshim don't have to use the funds from the estate to buy a carbon. So the point that we're saying is, according to Shmuel, the point of the Mishnah is that the carbon is brought even though she is dead. The obligation now goes to the Yarshim, but that's all because the woman was Mafasha carbon. If she wasn't Mafasha carbon, so just she leaves them with the estate, we don't say that the estate has a Shiba on it, that now the Yarshim, the Yarshim that have to take care of paying back the base of Mikdash. 
You see that Shmuel holds a concept of Shibud is not the Arisa. Concept of Shibud would be that, that it's like a, the property of a person is like an automatic guarantor for things that they owe. And if that would be true, so then, then that would mean over here that when the Yarshim Yarshim it, they're Yarshim something, the property, which is a guarantor for the debt of the base of Mikdash. So then they would have to, the, the property would have to be used to pay back the base of Mikdash. If we see that it's not like that, only she was Mafish or Carbon, it must be that Shibuda is not a concept. That is Daraisa. So Marvaz, Marv Yochanan, Afakosh, Lushim, Rechaim. Marvaz, he says, not that way. No, but Shem Rav Yochanan, even though the woman didn't designate the animal while she was still living, still the yard should have to use the property they inherited to buy the animal. Amal, because she put the Hava Daraisa. She put it Daraisa. And that's why it has to be paid back. Says the Mar, Pliqa Bachadazimna. Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan already argued about this point whether she put it Daraisa. So the Rabbi Shmuel, Amish Rabbi Rabbi Shmuel said, Milva, if there's a Milva which was done orally, uh, a loan which was given without a star, just orally, in a government of Yarshin, it cannot, the creditor cannot collect. From the land, once the guy, the debtor passed away, he can't collect from Yarshim, from the heirs of the estate, or from people who bought it. Or he can collect only from the debtor himself and then take from his property. But he cannot collect from the property independent of the debtor. So when the debtor is alive, you owe me money, it's a Shiba that goes on you, and then you have to take all your assets to pay me back. But once the guy is, is gone, in other words, the, the land has either been sold to a purchaser or the debtor is dead, and now it's just you're looking at the asset itself, you cannot collect because Shmuel holds Shibu is not derived. No, it's not true. Even if it's an oral loan, you could be going from the Yarshan and from the Lukulos. Why? Because the Shibu is Daraisa. So as long as as soon as the loan is made, we say that now the Shibu is there on all the assets. So even if you're not dealing with the debtor, the property's been sold or the debtor is dead. You can still collect from it. So we see a machlok is already Shibu is derived. So why do you need both cases? You know, everyone only spoke about the later case. Welcome, Shmuel. There, Shmuel says that should be allowed to write. Shmuel Torah. The debt is not something written in the Torah, meaning it's just Reuben happened to lend Shimon money. It's not such an important debt. So there, we say that the karka doesn't back it up. In the case of the woman who gave birth, the Torah says there's a chiyuv to bring the karbanos. I would say Shmuel agrees that the din is that the shibud is there on the land. And so you're backing up something that the Torah says you owe to the base of Mikdash. So that's more of an important, significant thing. I would say there we would agree. That the property backs it up. Yes, mean If you only speak about the first case, welcome to Yochanan. There, Rabbi Yochanan says she would have derived some super tarik super start. I mean, that's more chashev. It's like it's recorded in a document because of the fact that it's written in the Torah. Rachel and Shmuel. I would say in the case of a loan, Emel Shmuel Tzricha. And just to clarify, it sounds like Shmuel agrees. That if it was written in a star, then then that's the point of the star. The star would, of, of, of course, create a shibud. That's the point of what the star is to do. The whole machlokas here is when it's a milva that is done alpap. Says the Gemara, Mar Papa, how do we paskin? So what is the When it's an oral thing, you could collect from the heirs of the estate, but you cannot collect from purchasers. What's the pshat? Where do you come to such a split? In other words, the machlokas before seem to equate the heirs and, and the lukuchos in the same thing. It depends if she's a rise or not. Here, Rav Papa is passing that it depends. You are governing Yarshim but not lukuchos. What's the pshat? Go from the Yarshim should be the rise. We pass she but is the rise. So that's why you collect from the Yarshim. Why can you collect from lukuchos then? And go from lukuchos, let's like kala. There are no rumors that circulate upon it, so there's nothing that can warn the purchaser. Meaning it's not fair. It's not fair that you buy a property and you have no way of knowing that there was a debt because there was no rumors about it. If, if Ruben lent Shimon money privately without making Adam sign on a star, so then rumors don't circulate about it. In order for everyone to find out about the loan and therefore the purchasers can protect themselves, it, can, it has to be recorded in a star. When something is recorded in a star, then everybody knows about it. It's public information. You can see it online. And then what happens is that, that the purchasers can buy on their own, on their own risk. 
But in a case where it's a milvah pass, so they don't have that factor, so then it's not fair that it should be taken away from the lukuchos, and therefore it's like a new takana de rabbanon that a milvah pass shouldn't be covered in a kuchos. So that's somewhere passing about papa that you be derived. So that's where you go over from the arshim, even on milvah pass. But even though milvah pass, you go over from the arshim, you're not going from the kuchos because they don't have a way to protect themselves unless there was a shda. Okay, now we go back to the Mishnah. We say that a married woman regains her independence, that she can go marry somebody else if she gets a get or if her husband dies. That's the Pasuk. The Pasuk says he writes for her a safer Christmas. And then it says that she goes on to marry somebody else. Where do we know from the Torah when her husband dies, it's Mata, a woman, to remarry? So it's a very interesting question. Because her husband's dead, and it seems that the Gemara is still wondering, maybe the Isra of Eshazeh still remains. So first the Gemara says, well, what do you mean? Svar, who Asr, who Asr, who It was Asr who made her Asr to other men, so now we should be Matur her as well. In other words, the point that we're saying is, once he's not alive, she's not in marriage with him. She's not married. She's not in a relationship. She, she, she should be allowed to remarry. Isn't that obvious and intuitive? Says the Gemara, it's not, because think about it. Arayas to Asr, who Sharlu. By Arayas, let's say once a woman is married to a husband, so she cannot marry his relatives. So let's say he, she cannot marry his brother. So in that scenario, so what do I see? That even after the husband dies, she still can't marry his relatives. So, so, so what do I see? That even though it's because of the husband that he ushered, but even when, once he died, she still ushered. We don't say as far that it was only because the husband was here, so now once he's dead, she needs to come out to her. Rather, what do we say? We say that, we say that even once the husband dies, the Isra continues. So maybe Isra says should be like that as well. So the Akhrenim have a hard time exactly understanding this. Some of the Akhrenim try to, to take off from here that there's like a, a glimpse or remnants of the relationship which remains even after the death. And that's the idea of what the Gemara is trying to bring out. That's why she's still ushered to his grave and because there's a remnant of the Isha's which still remains. So the Gemara says back, The fact that the Torah says that Yavama who was widowed with no children is also to remarry other people. Why does the Torah say that in the scenario of Yuvim, she shouldn't marry other people? There's a lav in the Torah for her to go to other people, right? Because she has to do Yibam. So the fact that the Torah answered her, the Yavam after the death of her husband, for marrying other people, we see that in the case where she had children, it's an ordinary widow, it's not a case of Yibam, Mutara should be allowed to remarry. So notice we're making an inference. There's a lav in the Torah for a woman to remarry if she's supposed to do Yibam. She's supposed to Yibam, she shouldn't remarry other people. We can infer that if it's not a, that it's not a case of Yibam, she would have children, it's much for her to marry other people. So we have a proof from the Torah. Says anymore, that's not a proof. The Dilma ain't labanim, Maybe in a case of Yibam, where she has no children, she's also to marry all the men in the world and mutter to her Yavam because of Yibam. The inference maybe should be if she has children, also, she's also to everybody. She's also to her brother in law and she's also to the world. So maybe the point is, it's not the inference isn't that if, if not Yibam, she gives mutter to everybody. Maybe if I care, if it's not a scenario of Yibam, she's also to everybody. Maybe it's just ish continues forever. So we're back to square one. How do we know that in a scenario? Where a husband dies, is the widow is mother to remarry. Says the Gemara, the Torah says that Almana, a widow, cannot marry a coin gadol. So the Diak is, she can marry somebody else, any person, anyone else she's allowed to marry. There's an Isra, right? because if HSH would be there, that she's also to marry anybody, even after the death of her husband, the Torah wouldn't have to say it's also for her to marry a coin gadol. Says the Gemara, it's not approved. Maybe if she marries a coin gadol, she gets lashes. It's a lot. To the rest of the world, it's only an Isra. Essay. What is this Isser essay? The idea would be, Rashi explains, that since after divorce, it says that after she gets to get, then she could go to somebody else. So it would be saying that the only way a married woman uh, can ever regain her freedom is through a get. But if she tries to, to marry somebody else after the death, she's like writing an essay. 
It's interesting. So the full scope of Vaishas is we're like conceding. You're right. It's not going to be after the death of the husband. We clearly see that. And the fact that Torah had to asser to a widow to a Kohen Gala. But maybe it's together of an essay. The essay is the only way she's allowed to be married through. Yeah, without a get it would be awesome. So I'm thinking, Marvel, how did he, like, how did you end up at such a scenario where Aishas Ish got downgraded to an essay? What is the meaning of this? If you're saying the death takes her away from the Aishas of Aishas Ish, it's really like, let her be totally martyred. And if you tell me the death doesn't release her, it should be like her original state, meaning she should be usher with Aishas Ish to the extent that there's a death penalty if she's over in it, just like when her husband was alive. So the Gemara is saying if, if you concede that it's not totally Osir from the fact that the Torah Osir is the widow to marry Kohen Gadol, so then you're conceding to the concept that, that the Ishish goes away, so then it'll be totally mutter. It's like the Gemara, no, what, what are you talking about? Allah, Allah, what's so hard? The Torah maybe uh, decreases the severity. When the husband is alive, it's pun- the Ishish is punishable with death. Once the husband is dead, now it's only an Isra essay. It's not a crazy concept that it gets like diluted with death. Where do we see this? This is like an animal which is unfit for a carbon. Usually, when a, a, a carbon cannot have a blemish. So what happens is that once it gets a blemish and it's redeemed, and then afterwards, what's the halacha? The meikar is b'mila. Originally, before it's redeemed, it's totally meila. It's totally strong iser. It's mamash chomer to benefit from the from the animal. then it's also also to you to shear the, the wool from it or to work it. Parkinu after the after the animal is redeemed, so meila is The meila does go off, but it still remains also avoda. So what do we see? That there's a remnant. It's like a dilution of iser. That that uh, what happens is that once it gets a moment and it's nifta, so a little bit of still remains. It's also begizu avoda, even though the mi'ila goes away. So the point that we're saying is maybe we should say the same thing for Ashish. When the husband dies, we should say that the full state, the full chimer of Ashish goes away. But maybe an essay still remains. So we still need a source that she is totally permitted once her husband died. So the Gemara tries another source. Ella rather, the Gemara, what does the Pasik say? It says that the that a soldier at war who just got married, he could go home, he doesn't have to fight because he's concerned that, that he'll die in battle and somebody else will take her as a wife. So you see that it's mutter if someone, if the husband dies for someone else to marry her. Maybe the other person that the Torah is referring to is only a case of Yibam. But in a regular scenario, where there's not Yibam, no one else can take her. There are two reasons to say that's wrong. First of all, Yavam isn't called an Acher. He's not a random person. The Torah calls him an Acher. A brother is not a random stranger. Furthermore, what does the Pasuk say? In other sorts, the Pasuk says if the later husband hates her or and he writes her a divorce, or if the second husband dies. So what do I see over here? The Torah is talking about a woman who was divorced and then she got widowed or divorced from the second marriage and the Torah is saying she can't go back to the first husband. What do I see in that passage? The Torah is comparing death of the husband to divorce. My Gershon Shaivagomer, just as divorce completely is moderatory remarry. We assume death completely is moderatory remarry, meaning the Pasuk goes on to say that the first husband in that case, it's Maksh also cannot take her back since she's been married to the second person. So, 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 so it would seem that the, the, the proof of the Gemara. Baal you would think that the proof of the Gemara should be even stronger. The fact that the Torah is answering her to go back to the first husband because she was married to the second husband. But it sounds like very clearly, without that point, without her being married to the second husband, without the Isra Master Shasha, she'd be mutter. So we would see very clearly that the death of the second husband is mater, the Isra of the Isha Sish. But that's not what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is saying a little bit different. The Gemara is saying that there's a heckish in that passage between death and get. So we, we assume just as get, just as get, 
um, just as get is matter completely, so to me says matter legamri. So Rashi's bothered, like, why do we need a drasha? Why don't we just say you see from the deek and the pasuk? It's only asr al pasuk yishosu, but stop being asr. It's not. Rashi explains the gemara could say the same thing. Maybe it's only really after death it goes to an iser essay. That's all you see. So that's the point that we're trying to bring in the gemara. Is that no? It's compared to gerishin, and we're saying a little bit stronger. We're saying that. We're saying that just as um, just as Gerishin is Matar Legamri completely, so to me, so it's Matar Legamri, but otherwise, without the Drasha, you would have said, and maybe a diluted form of the Isra still remains, maybe it's still an Isra essay.